Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orla, your host again. This is episode 18 of The Narrow Gate, so I'm delighted to be with you again. It's Sunday evening here. I'm in Portugal. Um, the, recently, I've been talking about healing, growth and transformation in the podcast. Um, it is the theme of the podcast, but um, that's because it's part of our life as Christians. So to be transformed is the ultimate goal as a Christian. So the journey is healing growth and transformation. So this this is what I am focusing on. Um, because it has been my experience in my life to grow more as a Christian. I have to heal more in order to be transformed. And the goal is to be transformed from glory to glory. Um, to be more like Christ, and that is our goal. So today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit and how that will help us on our journey and how it's an essential part of being a Christian. Because um, as New Testament believers, uh, we are um, we need the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. And we have been given the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, not everyone is aware of um, how the Holy Spirit works in them. And they also aren't aware that, you know, you can receive the Holy Spirit, but the, it can be just in you, but it's not actually activated in you. Um, so I'm just going to point to scriptures that that tell us about the two baptisms and it's interesting because the Holy Spirit is obviously guiding me to talk about this because, um, as you know, a lot of people walk with God for a while. When God is usually trying to tell us something, you will hear it once, then you will hear it twice. You might hear it a third time. It's kind of like confirmation coming from different places, all Christian, of course. So I... I um, I have received this a lot recently and it's actually hard to know which order it came in now because it's been repeated. Um, but it did start when I was deciding to go back to this church I'm in, I was in. Um, I did get a prompting in my spirit to return to the Pentecostal church and I was very certain about it. But of course when I came back, I felt a little bit drawn to friendships. And then I sort of maybe doubted what I heard. So I went back to the original church I had been in, but it wasn't long when my I didn't have peace and it came back to me again. You know, go to the Pentecostal church. So I obeyed and I went. But first I went to um, the sea. So I went to visit. And when I went to visit the church they had a bible week on where they had a missionary talking about the baptism of the holy spirit um and the two baptisms now i had heard about this before but it wasn't a focus point right now it wasn't something i was studying i hadn't even thought about it for a long time but i did know to pay attention because god had been directing me back to the pentecostal church so um it turned out he was speaking for five days, so it was really great. So I listened to the teaching on it. Um, 
And I thought it was great. And then one of the writers on New Creation started to write about it, Julia. And I thought, yeah, that's really good. And then I heard it again when I went back to the church. So now I just want to point it out here for anybody who's not up to date on that um, teaching about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so um, one question I want to ask is, so this podcast is generally for Christians, born-again Christians. So, um, or if you're Catholic, you might be a Catholic who had a conversion. So that, to me, would be similar, Um, the same even. (laughs) So let's just start with this question. So why why as Christians do we even go to church? You know, why do we read the Bible every day? Why are we to read the Bible every day? Why do, why do we pray all the time? What is the purpose of our life as Christians? What is the purpose of salvation? So um, it's good to break it down and think about it so that we don't just take it for granted and then not follow our calling So some of the main reasons would be um, we are called to be holy, to be a light, to be a witness. Salvation heals us. So there is obviously that lovely kind of freedom from maybe anxiety, uh, depression, addictions, just low self-esteem. You know, there is healing and with God. It can come immediately and or it can come over a period of time. So but we are called to um serve God. We are called to share the gospel. We are called to heal the sick. So how do we do this if we are not um empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because how do you how do you in your natural self heal the sick? We can't heal the sick in our natural self. We can do psychology. Um, you know, we can apply teaching from psychology. And they're useful. But we cannot have a supernatural healing without the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to look at today, the baptism. Um, so you have the two baptisms. And the first one is the water baptism. And um, so I'm going to look at John the Baptist in Matthew the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, have a look now. But I add the scriptures below so you can scroll down (laughs) and read from there if you like. So let's look at the beginning. It says, uh, John the Baptist prepares the way. He's preparing the way of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, And saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. So this was all uh, prophesied from the Old Testament that Jesus would come. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Okay, so John the Baptist is baptizing people in the river Jordan. Uh, to come and repent of their sins, and he's baptizing them with water. He's immersing them in the water to baptize them. So what are they doing? If you go down to verse 6, 
They are confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the River Jordan. So they are repenting, confessing of their sins, and giving their lives over to God. Um, And then in this section here, John the Baptist, the Pharisees, start coming over and, you know, sort of antagonizing him, I suppose, while he's doing the baptism. And he's not very impressed with them. So he says to them, you know, they're not, uh, they don't understand this. So in verse 11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so you have the word of baptism. And then you have Jesus is baptizing people with the Holy Spirit and fire. So it comes from Jesus, right? So if you look on then, a little further on, um, Jesus comes to be baptized by John. Now, John is very overcome by this. It's, um, you know, am I worthy kind of to be baptized by you, Lord? So if you look at verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So we had to fulfill the prophecy. This was to be done. So John goes ahead to baptize him. And as soon as Jesus was baptized in the water, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Praise God. Okay, so there you go. It's uh, powerful. The heavens open and the Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus and God speaks. The Father speaks from heaven. So this is like powerful. This is the gospel of Matthew. This is the supernatural faith that we have as Christians. (laughs) It just makes me laugh how people are so casual about the faith. How can you be casual about the faith if we meditate on what's really happening is the heavens are open and the Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus and God is speaking from heaven with a voice, an audible voice. This is my son. I am so pleased with him. It's so like it's wonderful when we meditate on it. And then in the in four, the next um, chapter, it says Jesus was led then by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he received the Spirit, and immediately he was led by that Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How strange is that? And so he goes into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights fasting. And he was hungry. This is um, verse 2. And the tempter came to him and said, The tempter, that's Satan, came to him and said, 
If you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil continued and take him up to a high place. But I want to take you to the second part here. The second time he took him to verse 9. 8 and 9. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended to him. So Jesus was tempted. Keep in mind, a lot of people love to say, Oh, that's easy for Jesus. He's God. Jesus gave up his divinity. He gave up his divinity. God gave up his divinity when he came in person, in flesh. So he was fully man, fully human, being tempted by the devil. Look, look at all these things I can give you. How often are we tempted by all the things of the world, the money, the power? He was offering everything, all that power to God, to Jesus. Of course he didn't probably fully understand the power of the Holy Spirit that was in him. Jesus had received the Holy Spirit in him, so he was filled. So this is where the second baptism comes in. The first one, you would, we are immersed in the water, and then we will eventually, you will see later how it happens for the disciples. The Holy Spirit doesn't come the second Holy Spirit doesn't come until Jesus ascends into heaven and then the Father sends the Holy Spirit as a gift to us so that we can walk on this earth without Jesus here in person. If he didn't go, we wouldn't have the Spirit. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit, which is the second baptism. And after that... Jesus went through that test, then he begins to preach, which means it was the beginning of Jesus' ministry after that. So first he received the Holy Spirit, baptized, received the Holy Spirit. He was tempted 40 days. He passed that test, and then he started his ministry. So that is the story um, of... um, So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need it? Okay. So um, now we're going to go to where it came from in the book of Acts. Okay, so um, this the book of Acts is after Jesus went through everything, all the trials, crucifixion. He's been through everything and he's risen from the dead at this point. Um, it's just after the crucifixion in the book of Acts. The disciples are distraught. It's just over. You know, all of that there. Jesus has has been, you know, crucified. And they just don't know what to be doing. And so following the resurrection, Jesus appears to the disciples for quite some time. 40 days. If you look at the book of Acts 1, chapter 1. 
um, verse 3. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, there you go, two baptisms. But these aren't the only scriptures, there's many others that will point to this. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They didn't know what to say to him. He's appearing to them. They're just, I imagine they're probably not really fully aware of what's going on. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from the sight. So he ascends into a heaven then. So there, in Acts 1, that happened, and the disciples are now waiting in Jerusalem, because Jesus didn't just say, Oh, why don't you just wait in Jerusalem for a while? No, he commanded. That's the, it says, this is NIV, I have, NIV version. He commanded they wait. So when Jesus makes a command, they usually understood it was seriously. Jesus would give a command or he'd say, Verily I say to you, you know, when, when he, he would emphasize that. So they waited, but they didn't know what they were waiting for. So in Acts Two, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. So you will see it here very clearly that the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit comes and this is the coming of the Holy Spirit. They've already been baptized. They've already had the water baptism. So this is now when they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Speaking in tongues, you know, you've heard of that, I'm sure. So they were given the gift of the Holy Spirit and then that started to manifest in the speaking of tongues. Okay, uh, uh, just a point to remember though, if you ask to be filled in the Holy Spirit, you may not necessarily receive, be able to speak in tongues immediately. But everybody who receives the Holy Spirit does have that ability to speak in tongues. But, you know, maybe it takes while or confidence or, you know, people are afraid to speak in the, with the Holy Spirit, you know, in tongues. But it is there, and I speak in tongues. I don't do it all, all that often, but I can. Because the whole, uh, to speak in tongues is not something we are supposed to give too much attention to. The um, Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us, you know, there's not, we're not supposed to be giving all this attention to this gift. Because, um, yeah, it, it can be a sign 
um, that we have the Holy Spirit. So it can be confirmation. But if you don't have the speaking in tongues gift immediately, or maybe it takes you a few years even, some people just are afraid or it doesn't come out of them. But it doesn't mean you haven't received it. You just haven't been able to bring it out. And the point is, it's um, it's not like the highest gift. The speaking in tongues is our way of communing with God. It sort of edifies us with uh, edifies ourselves. So we are encouraged more to speak more to speak in tongues in private rather than in public. So, um, as you can imagine, there was a lot of noise. This was making noise, and there were people outside listening, the Jews and that. So they were outside hearing all this laughing coming from the upper room. So um, they were sort of making, they were thinking, what's wrong with those group of Jesus followers up there? They're all laughing. Are they drunk? It's nine in the morning. So Jesus, uh, Peter, came out to address the crowd. They were all outside. And then Peter stood up with the 11 raised raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you, said Peter. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Okay, so this is verse 14, by the way, Acts two fourteen. Um, the prophet Joel, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my seven servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billow of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's the important part at the end. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We are filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can carry out our God-given calling. We can call, we can carry out the mission. So, being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, it it does release us, give us more joy, it makes our life happier. Um, It has all those extra advantages, if you like to say. Having the Holy Spirit, it gives you more energy. Um, You're able to maybe fight sort of so it takes that monotony out of life, you know, the joy of the Spirit every day, giving praise and thanks to God, and just always asking to be filled with the Spirit. But it's not just for that, and it will heal us more as well. But the whole idea is for us to share the gospel, to do the work of the Lord, to build the church of God. So when we get filled with the Spirit, it is so that we can carry out our mission in life our ministry. And I I think it's no coincidence when God sort of points this out to people at a certain time, because there's always, as we say, mysteries of the faith. And you may have heard this before, 
But I heard this loads of times before, and I was filled with the Spirit when I was in the Pentecostal churches. I was in the Catholic Church, charismatic renewals back in the day with my mother. Um, so there's many points where I probably was prayed this happened. And then maybe in the Pentecostal Church in Dublin, um, definitely I had that, um, you know, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I've had all that. But then you can move on and, you know, go to other churches and they don't teach it, they don't preach about it, they don't really have much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And you can kind of feel a little bit dry then. And that's what happened to me, I think, um, when God says, I felt God in my spirit say Pentecostal, go back to the Pentecostal church. And then I started to remember, wow, I, yeah, I, I need the Holy Spirit to go on with my mission, my next um, part of my mission. And let's face this, guys. We all have a mission. Sometimes I'm almost, you know, sometimes because I, you know, I'm not part of some big missionary organization because I never felt called to go to one of those. I tried, but I didn't feel connected with one. Although I do, I am a little bit more drawn now to the Pentecostal missionaries. But at at the time, I wasn't, uh, I'd see missionaries and I didn't feel sort of, um, I didn't feel a connection, the right connection with them. So which really wasn't where God was putting me. So sometimes when I, I know I have a mission and I'm, God speaks to me about it, but you know, we live in a society where people are very critical and even in the churches. <laughs> so um, you have to really pray to God about your mission and ask God to guide you and lead you and not to just do what everyone tells you to do just to be in with the in crowd I mean this goes on in churches as well so make sure that you listen and discern your own calling which is your mission in life not everyone is called to be a pastor not everyone is called to be a bible teacher or a missionary on the field but we still have a mission your mission could be to teach in a school, like I do English teaching as well. I was a nurse before. Um, you could be working in a business. You could have your own business. You know, um, God can use you anywhere. If you want to be uh, working in the business world, that's fantastic. We need more integrity in the business world. If you're in politics, oh, that's a difficult one. That's very difficult to be in politics because um, you don't have a lot of influence there apart from the prayer. <laughs> but uh, if God puts you in politics, well, then you will. You will be challenged though because um, as a born-again Christian who's filled with the Holy Spirit, if you come across something that's unethical, will you... You will see politicians stepping down sometimes because of their integrity. Even me as a nurse, you know, I think I left nursing at the right time because I left nursing, you know, a good few years back, maybe six or so. And um, obviously there's a lot more coming into nursing 
which I wouldn't have felt very comfortable about. You know, things that they want to bring in, like, you know, obviously they in Ireland we didn't have abortion, so I didn't have to deal with that. Um, but then you have all these other things that are coming into the medical profession, which is kind of very ethical and difficult for a Christian sometimes. So we will have those things if we are in secular jobs where... Um, It will be difficult, but if you pray by the Holy Spirit, God will guide you. And if you have to step down from a position, don't you worry, God will provide for you financially, so don't worry about that either, because we need good politicians. We need good nurses and doctors with ethical, moral values and responsibility for young people, old people, whatever. So um, these is why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will keep us aware, keep us alert, help us. Okay, so um, I just want you to go on then to go to Acts 8 and then we're finished what I'm saying today anyway. Just to confirm in, in the book of Acts about this second baptism. So, uh, it's very interesting about this because uh, the, they didn't know. Um, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Um, I'm reading from Acts eight fourteen. It's down below anyway. I'm going to add it. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there. And they that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, so they hadn't received it. And there's another part where um, where um. They didn't know at all about the spirit. They were like, oh, we don't even know there is a spirit. Okay, so I will add some of these extra um, verses. There's many verses here around this topic. So um, I'm just going to add them and you can read them yourself. Okay, so that's the main thing. I just want to leave it like that this evening because um, I've spent 30 minutes now talking about that. So... The point I just want to make is, I don't know what denomination you're in, what Christian denomination you're in. I don't know all the ins and outs of some of the churches that are not Holy Spirit focused or there's different thinking around the two baptisms. So just read it for yourself, okay? So the bottom line is, we receive the Holy Spirit. Um, when we are, when we ask, when we're saved, we come to God, when we accept Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit into our heart. I accept you, I repent of my sins, I accept Christ into my life, I receive the Holy Spirit, then we get baptized in water. Um, um, this is a kind of um, rec- a declaration of our faith as well. But then there's a filling of the Holy Spirit and that can be done at any point 
at any time. In that last verse, I said that they were laying hands on him, but apparently you do not have to even have anyone lay hands on you. Just ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask, ask God, ask Christ, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you so that you have that filling in the Holy Spirit. And, and that's it then. That's it. You just receive it. Um, pray in tongues if you if you feel comfortable with that. If not, you can just leave that for now. But the main thing is that the Holy Spirit is there. And I have it from my own experience that um, I do meet some people who are Christians or they say they're Christians and they don't have that spark of joy in them. The Holy Spirit will give you that sense of joy and power to uh, to live a supernatural life and it really, really gives you joy. It's funny, it's kind of like a, and it, it, there is joy in the Holy Spirit. I really find that. And, and a lightness, or, you know, the Holy Spirit's very light. I also find um, sometimes... You can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit as well. Um, yeah, we have a relationship with Jesus. We have a relationship with the Father. But we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I find for me personally, and I forget, and I'm really glad when God leads me to come back to talk about this because um, I'm even smiling now as I think about it. I say Hallelujah, thank you for bringing me back. How can I forget about the Holy Spirit? I suppose the Holy Spirit doesn't want me to forget about him. So it's kind of like, what about me? <laughs> what about me? You don't talk to me anymore. Um, you know, you can have a relationship with God like that. You know, we are not as, we're, we're not being unreverent. So there is that, this is what personal relationship with God is all about. There is a time where it's, you know, you you just kneeling on the ground. You're like, oh Lord God, you are so holy, and who am I? I mean, I am so unworthy to be sort of able to enter into the throne of grace, like me entering into the holy of holies. Oh, I better, I should, I should be dressed up or something. You know, it's like, you know, we we have that awe and reverence, but then you can also have this kind of very light and friendly relationship with God, which is lovely too. So this is what we mean by a personal relationship. And I would say with the Holy Spirit, sometimes I have fun with the Holy Spirit because I think the Holy Spirit is very creative. That's what my experience, I don't know about you, please share in the comments. But I find like the Holy Spirit, I always say to the Holy Spirit if I go shopping, you're very creative. What color do you think that would, what color do you think that would go with? And, you know, I have fun and sometimes sometimes I get answers, you know. Or the Holy Spirit, if I'm creating um, an article or podcast, the Holy Spirit, I'd say, what do you think it is? Can you help me with this podcast? I don't really know what to do. Well, help me put it together. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit has that power, supernatural power, give you ideas, pop them into your head. You know, just ask for an idea and it might pop into your head. It could be business. It's like, gosh, I have no ideas. Well, ask the Holy Spirit for some ideas. Boom, they come quicker than you ask. 
I was walking down the street today because obviously my mind is full of this. I've been reading it and studying it for the last week or so. So I walked down the street today and I said, so Holy Spirit, what, what do you think now I should do about this? And um, just as I'm asking the question, it pops into my head the answer. And I have to stop talking quickly because I go, oh, no. And then I said, this is today. And then I said, okay, no, 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 go on, go on. I'm listening, I'm listening. I'm listening, go on. <laughs> okay, I know it sounds funny, but I like to share my real relationship with you, with God, how it is. It's fun. It is fun. And um, so I just listened and um, the Holy Spirit had some great ideas. And I said, that's a great idea. Thanks very much. So let's uh, enjoy God. Let's enjoy God. And that's what it's about. So I really hope that this blesses you. Please read the scriptures for yourself. Always get into the Bible yourself. I also don't think that I'm a theologian. I don't try to override any pastor, any theologian, any scholars. I don't try to override any of them. I just listen for a long, long time. I listen to many messages. I study it. I pray about it. I read it myself. And then I just give it to you. Have your own opinion. Have your own opinion of the Bible and also ask your own pastor or ask anybody who you feel is mature or just in your Bible study if you go to a church just say I was listening to this podcast about the Holy Spirit what do you think about this filling of the Holy Spirit do you think we should be full of the Holy Spirit do you think we need more joy in this church I heard that if if we ask for the Holy Spirit this whole church will take off like lightning and we always won't know ourselves anymore and we see miracles all over the place. Well, that's the truth, you know. So let's uh, let's keep calling on the Holy Spirit. And we will see miracles, not only in our own lives and our church, but maybe your families and the lives of your children. So we leave it at that. So thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments below. And I will be adding a few relevant articles here Um that might be useful if you are interested in following more about <clears throat> the Holy Spirit and the baptism of by water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so thanks for listening and have a good evening. God bless.